This is episode 42 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week, we go off the rails, talk about saving Zelda and the Mass Effect 3 demo in space, and then we play Buy or Sell. Hi, welcome to the Gamer Sushi Show. I'm Eddie. I'm Mitch. I'm Jeff. And I'm Nick. And there's no Anthony, because it's Anthony's birthday. Hooray! Yay, Anthony! I think we should start this podcast by singing happy birthday to Anthony. Ready? No? Nobody happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. Blah, 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 blah. Happy birthday. <laughs> said the, the Canadian I, right. happy birthday. I hope, I hope he appreciates that. No, that's a stupid birthday song. They sing it all like the shitty family restaurants. Well, yeah, it's the because the actual. There's like, also the uh, this is your birthday song. It isn't very long. Hey. Um, well, it's oh, because it's because too. like the famous happy birthday song is copyrighted. Yes. Yeah. What? Is it? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was public domain. No. No. What? Who's Anytime, a scumbag that copyrighted that? That's why every it's because somebody's an asshole. Um, any anytime yeah. an actual like a movie or a TV show uses the actual song, they have to pay licensing. That's why. Wow. They never that they'll use for he's a jolly good fellow or something else like that. The more you know. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, today I learned. I'm full of learning. Also, wine. Yeah, I'm a I'm a little full of wine already. Oh, last, the wine cast. Yeah, I yeah, was. we've all been drinking a little wine. Last cast, I did what I've done now over the course of the cast. <laughs> this week I've done <laughs> you before. Ate a whole pizza. Well, no. I only ate half the pizza tonight. Uh huh. So basically, Eddie is letting you know that this is going to be like exponentially more troll cast from him. Well, I feel like you know how we talk about like how there's those games that are like brilliant when you feel like you're almost out of control. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's about how I feel. Nice at the moment. Out of control, breaking the law. Yeah. You're so dangerous, Eddie. You'll never be a top gun. So, <laughs> anyway, it is Anthony's birthday, so he is off um, doing birthday things. Cheers to Anthony. Cheers to Anthony. Indeed. He is now officially older. Happy birthday, friend. Um, so, he's not here. So, I'm guessing that means we're going to retain more listeners now throughout. <laughs> now I'm just trolling him. Um <laughs> That means there will be little to no Final Fantasy. No, no that's I'm not talking, true. That's well, not true actually, at all. Yeah, there will be some. I'm oh, yeah, because Eddie wants Fantasy. to talk about it. Little to no Call of Duty multiplayer. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, yeah, so... Oh, anyway. except did you read hey. it? What? They're doing a free weekend on Steam? Yeah, I actually played some of that today. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? I thought that was kind of cool. Who's doing a free weekend on Steam? Why well, do I have uh, they're doing a free weekend of Modern Warfare 3 on Steam. Just multiplayer. Uh, interesting. Maybe I play. But I don't actually think that's you the big story. You played Battlefield 3 earlier this week. There's no going back. Yeah, I did play it Battlefield 3 earlier this week. It looks terrible. <laughs> it looks horrible. Really? Oh, yeah, it looks bad. Warf- yeah, Modern yeah. Warfare 3 does? Yeah, Modern okay. Warfare 3 Yeah, does. me and Mitch played Battlefield 3, and it was my first time like booting it up, and mm. it's incredible looking. And it made me want to get a pair of really nice headphones, which is something I've never wanted in my whole life. Um, mm. I actually have a really nice pair. The sound design is incredible. I actually have a really nice, nice pair that I use. Are, are actually awesome. Yeah, no, I, I have a nice pair that I use at work that have pretty good sound quality. So if you do end up um, 
wanting something. They they were not too expensive. Are they Sennheisers, Jeff? No, I'll send you a link. Um, they're the the nice thing about them is that they they have a really long cord, and you can unplug. Um, like it's like an extension cord, so I can unplug it and have a short one that goes well if I have my iPhone in my pocket, or I can plug it into my work computer and have like a ten foot cord to walk around a little bit, and the sound quality is pretty good. So I don't. I remember. want that. Yeah, I don't remember if the you want- brand though. If, if if you were if you're looking for something that also is like a headset though, um, does Sennheiser would, make something with a headset? No, actually Sennheiser doesn't. I was thinking more about the um, uh, Steel Series makes a I think it's like a seven eight like that Hugh Jackman movie. Oh okay, no, <laughs> no, we're not talking about that. Not at all. No, we're not. So this microphone is not made by robot boxers. Sadly, no. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's called a 7H, and huh. it's uh, it's really it's a really great little headset. Is that what uh, you have, or? No, but I know I've heard great stuff oh, about it. Okay, so yeah, I'm looking at it now. There's like this gaming headset. For like Did you guys see and... the short that was going around on the internet today? This is t- vaguely related because we were just talking about robots. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So, well, okay, one of us was. <laughs> I, I was okay. He, I was, he was using the royal we there. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a short that was going around today. Uh, it was on io9. It was a few other places. It was uh, Brandon Routh. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Sure. Superman. Superman, Superman Routh, yeah. And uh, some other Superman. dude. Former Superman, and they were. It was like some short, some some web short, and they were security guards in a monster factory. That sounds That's familiar, but I didn't watch. I it. have I not heard of this about. at all. It's like it was like a. It's a pretty cool concept. The script was a little like. It was, the script wasn't great, but the idea was really good. So it kind of carried it, you know. Plus, it had like Brandon Routh in it doing like a, a gravelly, tough guy voice, and they nice were like. There were these security guards that were hunting down like a monster that had escaped in the facility, and that was like their job. And they were talking about getting out of like getting out of the LA branch and trying to transfer to Nebraska because they could buy houses there, and in LA they couldn't afford shit. <laughs> anyway, they were trying to get transferred to Nebraska because there were robots in Nebraska. And Brandon Routh's like, I fucking love robots. That makes sense. I mean, because he's kind of a funny dude. Like, because he's yeah. like he's Superman, but then if you watch him in Scott Pilgrim, he's like, he's funny. And so. he was uh, he was on Chuck. He had an arc on Chuck as a bad guy. He was oh, did he? Yeah, oh, he man, was very funny Chuck in Scott years. Pilgrim. Yeah. Why don't you just tell that to the cleaning lady on Monday? <laughs> she has the weekends off because it's and Friday. Is that right? And you're gonna be you're gonna be dust on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 actually, eggs, it's bitch. pretty funny. But uh. Yeah. Anyway, you know, since you guys were talking, so interested in all the robot conversation, I figured I should, you know, robots are important things to know about. Mm-hmm. Figure I should throw mm-hmm. that out. Should we move on to our six minutes with the Resident Evil? I was about to say so? that 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 that's the supposed to start the topic cast. Is and not you guys, robot. you guys have ruined the cast. So what? How? I think you're the using cast? the royal you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A royal proclamation. The royal y'all. Six minutes with Resident Evil 6, starting now. All right, so some new information came out about Resident Evil 6 earlier this week, and uh, it's pretty nice of Capcom to keep bringing us new information every week. It really is. It's almost like they know we're doing the series. <laughs> They're like, we got to get something out for those gamer sushi boys. I don't know why the <laughs> Japanese guys are like 1940s radio <laughs> broadcasters. <laughs> it's all of a sudden they all work for RKA Studios in Japan. <laughs> 
We just want to give big thanks to the boys down the trenches. This one's for you, fellas. Uh, so the new I information. I think Mitch does the best version of that, but yeah, keep keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do you want me to read this in my solid snake voice? Because I can do that too. No, that's all right. Okay. Uh, so there's new information about some of the characters in the uh, in the game. Like the third playable character is a mercenary. This one's uh, the guy the guy who looked like Infamous. Okay. Or Cole he, just, he just looked like Infamous. He just looked like the game. <laughs> this is why I don't do anything, because Eddie's just like sitting on the edge of his seat ready to pounce. <laughs> well, I have been uh, referring to him as like Yeah, Infamous it's dude, Jeff's so. fault. It's not don't don't worry about it. The guy from Infamous. And uh Chris's this is this is the part that really gets me. Chris's narrative will take place in a fictional Chinese village of Lanxiang, where he's apparently recovering from a personal trauma. <laughs> <laughs> where did the bad man touch you, Chris? <laughs> Tell me where Wesker touched you. <laughs> where, didn't, where didn't Wesker touch him? Let's get real about that. No, dude, the boulder came back and his secret room. <laughs> there it is. And uh, I feel there's... like it would be Jeff talking about the boulder, not Chris. I just then... remember playing that game with Jeff and oh. Jeff losing his mind oh, trying God. to punch that boulder. I think I've I think I've blocked it out because I. I know what you're talking about, Jeff like distantly. Like screaming at the boulder. <laughs> we were playing this game. I didn't remember playing. I thought I played that with Nick. No, we played that part together, and you were screaming at the boulder. I believe it. That boulder was an asshole. It was. Keep Man. going. All right, and there's a new type of zombie called the J- Javo, or I don't know, J apostrophe A V O. Javo. Uh, yeah, sure. And it's incredibly aggressive, and it will uh, be able to mutate this a sounds... damaged limb in a number of varied forms, which sounds to me like the Lambent from Gears of War 3. Well, but it, but the thing is, it, it will regenerate the damaged limb yeah, in various forms, forcing the player to rethink their approach. That sounds so, kind of awesome. I mean, that now that... if it is just the Lambent, fine, whatever. But it'd be cool if it was like different things depending on the limb, and all of a sudden, like it's doing something totally different. Well, you know, remember how in five, uh, every once in a while, you'd uh, kill a zombie and they turn into like a ridiculous monster. I, I forget yes. what it was like, but every once in a while, there'd be some normal-looking guy where you you headshot him, and suddenly, like a snake yes. monster thing would come out and ruin. Those things everything. were always freaky. Yeah, yeah, that was those were some of the scariest monsters in the game because you'd be like, oh shit, you know, like this suddenly this guy you thought was uh, no big deal is like ridiculous. So, if it's anything like that, I'm all for it because, I mean, I, I actually feel like the scary parts of the previous games are are absolutely my favorite parts. That's that's something really hard to pull off in a video game to actually scare you. That's I mean, you can I I feel like you can count on like one hand the number of games that actually pull off that. Dead Space. Dead Space. Dead Space pulls it off, but who else? Fear. The original Fear. See, by the time I played Fear, I had already played Fear 2, and it was the, the first one was so dated that I just couldn't even play it. The only part that really scared me in the original Fear is like not any of the scary parts. It's when you're walking around a corner and the guy leaps out and hits you with a 2x4. <laughs> Probably one of the scariest things I've ever seen in the I game. I feel like Bioshock was scary. Before you know what's going on in that world, that's scary. Bioshock was kind of it was it was creepy, you know. Like I think it, was it edges. I think atmosphere it, was so atmospheric, good. yeah. But I mean, I feel like Resident Evil, like especially the DLC, where you're in the for five when you're in the the house, mm-hmm. like going back to the events of the first game. That whole thing was fucking scary. 
Now, there's also a new control scheme. I haven't decided how I moving. I haven't decided how I feel about this because the thing is I didn't have any problems with the, the control scheme in 5. Yeah, it felt fine. Here's here's my thing. When is it do you call bullshit when developers defend something to the death when it comes out and then change it for the next game? <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like cuz they defended that a they, lot. They they were the like shoot, this is a creative ball. choice. We like this. Yeah, exactly. And... Yeah. And I don't mean to be that guy that just wants to like harp on it, but I just I do it's like admit it when you know what I mean like just admit that people have a problem with it when it comes out. I don't know. I understand why you wouldn't obviously, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I feel like the complaint is valid for any of the Resident Evil games before 4. But 5 so, felt fine. 5 felt fine. And actually 4 is fine too. All the controls in 4 are, are great. But um, if you play the HD remake of... Um, Resi- what is it? The Not 0, but it's like... Uh, with Veronica? The, Veronica. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I was going to say chick name. <laughs> Zeronica. Zeronica. No, uh, which, by the way, the, the HD remake of, of Code Veronica is gorgeous. On a, I, I have it on the PS3. And it's it looks great, but the controls are so weird. Because that is the tank control. Where you're just like, alright, move forward, move back. Aww. Oh, six minutes. We're done. Was that, wow, was that really six minutes? It was so quick. It was a flash. Okay, we get it. It's over. It's over. You gotta calm down, Eddie. (laughs) It just kept beeping at me. Eddie, (laughs) you're endangering the mission. But yeah, I'll be curious to see how all this control stuff ends up playing out. Yeah, so the next thing we were going to talk about was this Zelda article that's been out. and That was Mitch's favorite article. That everybody hated it on our site. And yep. <laughs> everybody told us that we were wrong and dumb for liking it. Um, but it went around everywhere else on the internet, so I thought it was worth talking about. I thought it was one, because uh, I didn't agree with everything it said. Granted, I'm not a huge Zelda lover. Um, but I felt like it was one of like the most well-written pieces like of anything written about gaming that I've ever read. Hmm. Um, like I was just really impressed with the article. It, it is really, really... Really well written. You can tell the guy's really smart, and he's a really good writer, and he's has very strong opinions, and he backs that up. Uh, you well, I can, just love one of the sentences the opening in the opening bit about I still dream about video games. Sometimes Mario, sometimes the latest Civilization, sometimes nightmares brought on by Demon Souls. But I don't dream about Zelda anymore. Yeah, which I think is one of the best intros to an article ever. It's so good. Well, so what this guy is basically doing, for anyone that hasn't read it, he, it's called Saving Zelda, and he's going through and he talks about how pretty much everyone since the first two hasn't been true to Zelda. And he, you know, which this is a lot of things that a lot of people disagree with, because he bashes on Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past a lot, um, which are kind of held up, you know, in a lot of people's minds. But he goes through and he talks about how Zelda actually... And it's funny because a lot of people prop up Ocarina of Time as like the way to transition something, a franchise, to 3D. Hmm. Um, and he actually props it up and says, no, like Ocarina of Time is like broke Zelda like forever because that's the one they base it off on now. Um, so he, he, talks, so uh, he wants them more like the first two games. Yeah, and it's cool because he actually starts talking about how Demon's Soul is like the spiritual successor to the first two Zeldas. Because it's kind of dark and moody. There's secrets that aren't always screaming at you. 
because um, that's his complaint about the new Zeldas. It's like they present themselves as these open worlds, but really, Mitch, you wrote about what is the thing about the Jangly Key Ring? Uh, that he basically says that the new Zelda worlds can basically be equated to a fancy set, uh, set of locks, and everything you collect is basically another key on your ring. So, like, bombs are a key, and yeah. arrows are a key, and the hookshot so is a key. So he says, by the end, you're just like this old guy like with a jangly key ring, you know, um, and you just have to find the right key for the right hole. Yeah. Uh, he says, which makes a certain logic for, like, designing a game, but it's, like, so rote now. You know what I mean? Like, everything is... Twilight Princess was really bad about that. Like, when you got the disc that you could ride on that, like, locked into the grooves in the wall and you could, like, ride it up walls and stuff. Oh, I forgot like, about that, yeah. Yeah, you'd just be riding around the field and you would just see, like, these, like, indents in the wall everywhere and you're like, oh, I know I'm going to get a thing where later I yeah. can come back and go up that. So like, it wasn't very subtle. My, my thing is, like, so I played the, the ones that are on the Nintendo. Uh, like, I, I want to say I played one and two. But I never played any of the 3D ones until, like, way later. Like, I've got whichever one is really cartoony on the GameCube. I forget Wind what it's Waker. called. Yeah. yeah, so I have Wind Waker, and I played a bit of that. But I want to say, like... Wind Waker's... The art style of Wind yeah. Waker is still incredible. And he yeah. actually cites Wind Waker as one of the few ones that had, like, a world that made sense. Yeah, he cites Wind Waker and Majora's Mask as the two... That good were like, yeah, good world. Well, because he talks about how, like, in every Zelda, like, he's like, the great, the greatest open world games are open world games that feel like they they can exist independent of your character's involvement in them. Hmm. You know, like, that he's like, the, the worst open world games are like Zelda, where you feel like when you turn your back, that the world stops and waits for you, you know? Um, but that's, so Demon Souls isn't an open world game at all, in my. <laughs> It doesn't really feel like what I would call an open world. You you pick which level you're going to go to, and it's the same every time. Well, the, I think he, he what he likes about it, because the first Zelda isn't really an open world game. It's just a series of interconnected dungeons mm -hmm. and mazes, and that's kind of the way he views Demon's Souls. Yeah, well, yeah, D Demon's Souls is like, so you go to a world, and you have to remember where the enemies are and remember how you how to beat them. So it's it's kind of like learning the the dance steps, in a way, or learning yeah. the moves. Um. Which is surprisingly addictive because it's it's it requires a lot of grinding, which I'm usually not interested in. Like I'm I'm not very like as far as RPGs go, I don't generally go in for endless grinding. It's not the fun part. But yeah. I so I obviously I need to read more of the article. I don't understand why he would want Zelda to be like Demon Souls though. Like, I don't well, because he also talks about how like the first thing about Zelda was like surviving every dungeon. It was like you have to survive. It wasn't even about puzzles. And so that's another thing he talks about was Demon Souls. That it, for him it taps into the same thing oh, that the original Zelda difficulty level. Yeah, um, but but yeah. So he talked about Wind Waker as being one. It was like a it was like a unique world, you know, with like the whole underwater Hyrule thing, um, which was actually pretty cool. See, I actually really liked uh, Twilight Princess, but I mean, I, I I never played all those other ones, so I can't really compare. I don't know how much of it is wrote. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel like old hat to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's his main thing, is just that, like, they all feel like going through the motions now. Which I can see, a lot of people, that's why they like it. They, You know what I mean? Like, they like that, okay, here's the formula, and I just go do it. And it just kind of changes itself all the time, you know? Um, but anyway, I just thought it was a really, really well-written article. Nick, I know you liked it a lot, too, so... 
I really did. Uh, I want to hear what Mitch has to say too, but um, for me, I thought that it was super, super, super well written. And even like if you disagreed with every single thing he said, you could, you still would walk away and be like, damn, that was really good. Like, because it was just, it was just a really refreshing, it was really refreshing to read something that smart about gaming, I guess. Yeah. Um, and even though I kind of agree, I disagree with him a little bit. I mean, I, I get what he's saying, and I'm, and he's. I mean, he's kind of right, but I think to say that like everything after the first one is trash is like that's a little of, bit too much. That's kind yeah. of like old fogey is just like kids these yeah, days, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's yeah, not the like, way it comes across a little bit. Except that he, you know, he reasons everything. Right, he totally does, but like, I'm sorry, like, like Link to the Past is fucking amazing, and I could old play that. Time is fucking amazing. I'm play, I played I'm playing it on the 3DS and it's like I still find a lot of fun in it. Like yes, it is a bunch of keys. Like you get the hook shot, you get the bomb, you get the fucking the power glove. I mean, but that's kind of that's kind of Metroidy too. I mean, I'm I'm cool. It's yeah. kind of Metroidy too. Yeah, but it's like and I love that shit. Like I'm I beat yeah, that I shit up. I it's feel fucking I, Castlevania I, too. Yeah, I, I feel oh, like I can't get there yet. Yeah, well, the Metroidvania. I feel like that's like a, an acquired it's a, taste. It's, a, it's an acquired taste. And if, once you acquire it, it's just like, yeah, I like this type of gameplay. I personally would never have complained about... Seriously, like, that doesn't bother me if... The, the only time it's bothered me was in uh, when I was playing Metroid Prime and I had it from Gamefly and I wanted to return it as quickly as possible. <laughs> and I was pissed off that I had to, like, kept keep going back to stuff. But I think... That was literally only because I had it from Gamefly. Now, see, I think I think part of it though comes from a desire that people have to have like a legitimate open world Zelda game. I you think that's I mean? some like, bullshit. I don't think they. I, I think people who think that are wrong. <laughs> really? I mean, I don't know. I think it would be pretty cool to have like a fully realized like Hyrule that people could go and explore and adventure in. I don't think that's. The, I don't think that's actually Skyrule. I don't think that's actually a Zelda game. I think Mitch is right. I think that's a different game. I think I think that would literally be Skyrim with a Zelda skin. I think that that sounds awesome. I yeah, think that does so sound that, pretty awesome. I think though that when I was when I when I was reading this article, I kept imagining Shadow of the Colossus. Yes, but with Link, and I was like, that would actually be kind of cool. Like, obviously there'd be a lot more enemies, but imagine if every Colossus was a dungeon. Yeah, and. So he would ride around, and there wouldn't be a lot of enemies, but there would be some, because I feel like you need some. You can't just have none. I mean, maybe you could have none, though. Maybe it could be, like, this really super stripped-down, like, minimalistic Zelda. I've been and all thinking- it is is you ride around on a horse, and then you get to the dungeon, and then you do the dungeon, and then and then you get out of it, and then you just ride around on a field again until you find another one. And it's, ju- and it's like, just like Shadow of the Colossus, but instead of... Colossi, it's dungeons. Like that's, that one, I mean, that's, I don't know, that, that's the thing, like, doesn't that... That sounds fun to me, though. Isn't that more like a spiritual s- sequel to Shadow of the Colossus? Like, what, what's Baby. the point? Like, what's the, you know, I understand what you're saying, that would be cool, that'd be a cool game to play, but why does it have to be a Zelda game? You know, that's that, that to me is just kind of like... Because he loves Zelda, that's, that's his whole thing, is he wants it because he wants, he loves Zelda and he wants Zelda to be great again. I feel like this is like the... It almost kind of reminds me of of the fan fiction thing. It's just kind of like, all right, you know, you love Dragon Ball Z so much, so you're gonna write some fan fiction about it. Hey, hey, hey! Well, <laughs> you're getting personal now. I know you it's love Halo personal. so much. You're well, gonna write some fan fiction. Yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. Now you're getting personal too. <laughs> 
but so, but, 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 fiction for both of those. Okay? But I, mean, like, but I yeah, do agree a, that I do agree why that not write there is original stories. Like make original games that are like that. Why does it have to be a Zelda game? Why does original it have to be original stories? Why does it that's... have to be? But that's the thing. Why does it have to be Zelda fan service? Like convincing a Zelda fan that they're playing a Zelda game when they're actually not. Well, I think it also comes out of the fact that like I think the games do need to change though. You know what I mean? Like they like they've gotten kind of stale. It like, has been the same game for it's been like the same six, game I think for that's, sixteen I, I do, years now. I do and... think that's fair, but I. I, I kind of feel like these arguments are asking for like really extreme changes to the f- formula. I don't think that's necessarily the solution. Because, I mean, think about it. Mario Galaxy still feels like a Mario game, but it's really different from a lot of the stuff that came I before think it. That maybe you would agree with some of the stuff this guy says, because he talks about how Mario is like the shining example of a franchise that is doing it right. He's like, they haven't necessarily changed what Mario is, but they've refined it mm. in different exciting ways. And so he's saying that, like, it's... And it's still really hard. Yeah, he's like, it's definitely not the same game as Super Mario Brothers. No. But it's still, it's Mario. Like, it still feels like Mario because well, they, and- they've refined one mechanic, like the jumping mechanic, and they've done worlds and stuff like that. Like, they've kept the spirit of it alive, right. but they've changed the way that experience happened. Yeah, and added new mechanics. The, the, and so that's what Mario, he's done. Mario has definitely Zelda's. gone down an interesting path the last couple releases where the games just are fucking hard yeah you know i that's that's an interesting creative choice on their part like i want to say you know mario galaxy 2 is one of the most frustrating games i've played recently and then i heard that uh what was it the Mario's supposed to be hard though well but they they've been uh, they've been exponentially harder i feel like just recently what is it the other one that was like the four player mario that was supposed to be ridiculously oh, hard the too. new super mario brothers Wii. yeah, yeah. that was yeah. I, that I heard was that hard. was ridiculous that yeah. one was actually really hard yeah I mean, so it's interesting that they're willing to take that property, that direction, but Zelda is sort of like spinning its wheels almost. Well, I, I think a lot of that, uh, a lot of the blame for that falls on the director of the recent Zelda games. I, his name escapes me right now, but he's directed like the last few, um, hasn't Emma he? Or something like that? Yeah. Onuma yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, he's he's directed the last few, and he's basically the reason that it's been stagnating, because obviously he likes something about the formula like a lot yeah. and thinks it works. Well, what, there was something interesting I was reading a few weeks ago, and it was actually about Final Fantasy XIII too. But it was about, like, look at all these old franchises. And it was, like, Sonic and Zelda. And it named, like, a ton of old franchises. And it was, like, think about how well any of those are doing. And, like, Mario was the only one that is still, like, producing games that, you know what I mean, like, that are getting kind of like that that are still being held in high regard, like really high regard. Mm. Except um, the Zelda games are incredibly well-reviewed still and sell really well still. So, yeah. I mean... So, I, the thing, I think the only thing I could agree with is that it would be cool to play a, a challenging Zelda game because, yeah. I mean, I haven't played Skyward Sword, but but everything Anthony has said about it has made me not even want to. I mean, my, <laughs> my, my brother has it, but it just doesn't sound any fun. You know, just to have to, like have everything like get told how to do everything and you know eh, it just sounds ridiculous even hey, if even hey. if <laughs> even if the mechan like even if it's like the purest mechanics for the wii version of zelda um yeah it just sounds too easy so i can understand that but i, I don't think that means you have to change the entire game style you know you can take that same formula tweak it make it more challenging Without throwing out the baby with the bathwater to, you know, play into Eddie's uh, neuroses. Yeah, that's going to become a new 
new podcast meme. Babies. Bathwater babies. Bebe. Baby. How baby How baby formed. Yeah. Yeah. In the bathwater. Pregnant. Yeah. Okay. They need to do Wayne's Mitch, mother. did you have anything to say? I know you, you kind of wrote the article, but did you have anything else? Uh, yeah, I, I did have one thing I wanted to bring up. Um, nope. Okay. Forget it. <laughs> okay, Mitch. Dude, I know you're kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm counter-trolling you. That... <laughs> Anti-trolling? Anti-trolling, It's yeah. super effective. Yeah, it's like mutually assured troll destruction. We just keep trolling each other until the podcast breaks. <laughs> Uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up was the uh, part of the essay entitled Helicopter Parents, where he accuses the modern Zeldas of not respecting the player. And it's just something I totally agree with, because that's one of the things I wrote about Skyward Sword when I first started playing it at the beginning of this year, is just that I felt like it was treating me like I was, in, like I was an idiot, basically. And I don't know, it just seems like the Zelda games don't want to accept that people have played the games and know how to play the games. Like, they're so insistent on teaching you everything there is to know in a really frustrating and slow manner and just that he says that uh zelda needs to be not harder to solve but harder to survive which i think we actually covered a bit yeah but so so basically he's saying that skyward sword is the parent that goes to the interview for you yeah 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 he says that game designers have become helicopter parents like they don't want to let go they don't want to relinquish control like they want you to do what they think is the right thing. Like they don't want people to find out stuff for themselves. Mm-hmm. Any complaints about Navi and the fire fee who is the player support character in skyward sword and who is terrible. She lives in your sword and she never shuts up. <laughs> does, she te- does she tell you to point your sword skyward? Yes, actually there's something called the skyward strike. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to bring up. Also, he likes Majora's Mask, which instantly makes him my favorite person. <laughs> so I love the there Justice. it is. Nice. Well, one thing I also wanted to, that we also wanted to touch on before we got to the Mass Effect Three demo stuff was was butts. Well, was another but yes, um, was another article that Mitch wrote. Are you seeing a trend here? Um, I write articles. Yep, you do that. And it was about um, was it the Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah. Did a, a held a vote to determine which video game had the best ending of all time, and so thirteen thousand gamers cast their votes and they came out with the top fifty. Now at number fifty is Resident Evil Four, at number forty nine is Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. So I'm just showing you that end of the the spectrum. At number forty three is Half Life Episode Toe. <laughs> episode Toe, <laughs> because they misspelled it on the list. And. All the way down. Let's let's just read the top five. God of War, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two, <laughs> Ocarina of Time, which that one drives me crazy. Okay, <laughs> just, just <laughs> Halo already, Reach already and Call of Duty: Black Ops is the number one ending of all time. And so the spoiler there is what that at the end of Black Ops. The- I liked it when it was silence better. <laughs> Everyone's just like, uh, you, you need a you need a second to, for your brain to process that. So remind us what the ending of Call of Duty Black Ops is because I I didn't play it. So at the end at the end of Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, your character breaks out of whatever place the CIA had put him in and goes to kill the guy who brainwashed him into killing the president, 
and it's, kills a, it's a very Tyler Durden thing where it yeah. finds out that there wasn't someone there the whole time and it was all him. Yeah, Reznov, who was Gary Oldman doing a Russian voice, ha- had been dead the entire time, but it's uh, this is so stupid. Had hypnotically implanted his persona into your, your mind to make you think that he was there guiding you the entire time. So, so Nick, he was, he was Scorpius from, from Farscape then, I guess. Ah, good call. To exact revenge on the main bad guy. So you go and kill the main bad guy, and the game ends, and then it's implied that your character didn't actually overcome his programming and kills President Kennedy. Fancy. And then the game, the game ends. Because they, they put they photoshopped the pl- the model of the player character into a picture of uh, Kennedy in Dallas. <laughs> so super classy is what you're saying. Yeah, because you know the Call of Duty series is nothing but class. Yeah. I have to laugh at the Ocarina of Time one because the Ocarina of Time ending is really just like a you very win. silly yeah like it's just like you win and like shots of Hyrule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And then Red Dead Redemption up is up there, which I agree with. But it's like number six. Yeah, it's number six. And Halo Reach is uh, number two. Halo Reach had a good ending. I wouldn't say it was the second best Yeah, it was ending. pretty good. The last little level thing was pretty fun. See, here's the thing, and this is where the comments started going on our site, which I loved, because it actually turned into a cool discussion about like endings and what makes a good ending. But yeah, I don't feel like there are very many... Um, who, who said this? Uh, Flango8 <laughs> said, Is it just me, or, there barely, or are there barely enough truly good game endings on that list to even make a top five? Well, it's because like, you know truly game, great endings. Games yeah. don't ever have uh, real dr- dramatic resolutions with like you know. You did it. Someone else talked exactly about that. They're like, I think you guys on a podcast talked about. Yeah. It was like it was Eddie, I think, or it could have been Jeff. When we were talking about <laughs> Bioshock, Bioshock talking two, about falling action. We yeah. were talking about Bioshock two and falling action. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bioshock two is pretty good. And then he mentioned, and it was Supernova Force, and, and then he mentioned Half Life two episode two had the huge running battle against the army of hunters and striders. But then as it ended, there was like the whole launch. There was the preparing to leave to rescue, you know, like Judith, all that. And then, uh, Red Dead Redemption also has kind of that falling action. Um, and then Metal Gear Solid three is another ending, game ending that I think is one of the best game endings of all time. And it that's has, a, yeah, that's a great ending. It has like an award ceremony and like snake visiting, like a grave site and like all this stuff that like it, yeah, there's what you're saying, Jeff, like real dramatic resolution. And very few games have anything like that. Actually, now that I'm thinking about episode two, yeah. I mean, because that, that, yeah. ba- that Strider battle is intense. Yeah, and then they give you a chance to cool off after it, and you keep playing. Like, it's not a, you know, mm-hmm. controlled, you know, by the game. Like, you're still doing things. You know what I mean? Like, you have a chance to kind of come down after an ending like that. Right, and then... And what then you were saying about you Bioshock 2, yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. I, I don't know. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm guessing, just from what I've seen of the Call of Duty games that I played, that it, it wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did not have that dramatic resolution. So, I mean, I, I could see how, like, the shock of that moment could be exciting, but I, I'm sure, like, from a structure standpoint, it's actually not that well done. If we could just, like, pass a bill that declared Lair the Shadow Broker the ending of Mass Effect 2, I would call that the greatest video game ending. <laughs> In the top yeah, five, you know what I mean. Ma- like, if Mass Effect 2's ending was kind of silly. Yeah, Mass Effect 2's ending like wasn't. You know what I mean? Like it, it just kind of ended in a very kind of like you know very Hollywood kind of sequel way. Um, but then, I don't even like, remember. Layer of the Shadow Broker had like a lot of like 
Yeah. Like, Larry the Shadow Broker, I feel like, just really sticks out of my mind. And I always think about that when I think about the end of mm. Mass Effect 2 instead of the actual ending because I barely remember it also. Well, I also, also kind of... Can like games I, with multiple endings even be included on this list? Because they've got Knights of the Republic, Infamous, and both Mass Effects, and all those have multiple endings. So which ending are we talking about? Yeah, that's true. I thought Grand Theft Auto's four endings was really weak, too, and they've got that on the list. But whatever. And every, bro- and every Assassin's Creed except for Revelations. <laughs> oh, man. And Pokemon Black and White, which is basically just you beat... The main bad guy in a battle of Pokemans, you win. Does it end when you catch them all? No, because there's 649 Pokemon. Because one can never catch them all. <laughs> no, it is now physically impossible to catch all Pokemon. Even though one gotta catch them all. Yes, as you are compelled to do by the sword. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wasn't two? Wasn't Emmy two just like looking forward to three essentially? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Much. I mean, I, like, I literally when, cannot. When you fight the big like metal baby thing, and then which the Terminator guess, theme comes on. I and... guess I guess it was a more intimidating boss than the the boss from the first one, but still, I don't remember anything about. I, I guess the the ending of two. I, what I do remember is having the whole. You team... see all the reavers or whatever. Yeah. I just reavers? remember the part. Yeah, are they reapers or reapers? Reapers, reapers. reapers. Okay. with a P. Um, I mean, I remember the parts with like figuring out what to do with my team on the way to the boss, but I don't remember anything after that. Yeah, you either you either piss off Martin Sheen or you don't. That's yeah. basically the ending. Yeah, and then it, and then it's like the reapers are out there and we'll be ready. Yeah, and then hmm. the game ends. So well, since we're talking about Mass Effect, I agree. Yeah, we <laughs> might as well jump into the Mass Effect Three demo, huh? That list sucks. Let's jump into the demo. All right, do it. So I played, I played the full. Well, I have played the multiplayer and the single player, but I played the full thing of the single player, um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought the the shooting was really tight. Um, I mean, like the shooting felt a lot better than other ones to me. And Mitch, you played it as Vanguard, right? No, I played it as a soldier. I played oh, the multiplayer okay. as a Vanguard. Okay. See, I played the whole thing as a soldier, and I felt like the powers were a little kind of in the background. But like I said, that you're a soldier, so there aren't any powers. But even still, I felt like my teammates, I don't know. It just seemed like everything, I don't know. See, I, I played, I, when I played, I, I kept telling Liara to do stuff, so there was constantly biotic effects going on. I think if you don't tell them to do anything, they won't do it. They're just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of like, yeah, I'll just shoot the gun. I'm not going to use my incredibly powerful psychic abilities. They're like, I'm just going to hang out back here. Is that cool? Just call me if you need me. See, I kind of feel like at, like the first game trained me to be like proactive about biotic stuff. and, and to Yeah, and the first it. game, like you couldn't survive without using... Yeah, yeah you teammates. needed to use like, every. If you ability. weren't using like sabotage and overload, you were you were done. Yeah, dude, I was using them like every fucking time yeah. they reloaded. Yeah. Well, I mean, just you remember that I I got like you know four or five hours into it and I had to re-roll got, because yeah. I, you got I didn't fucked. have I got I yeah. was absolutely fucked. Because you all, went to Novaria and you got f in the A. And I had no biotic powers. I was just like I would get ruined every time I went and. It was the boss. very first place you ever went, and you didn't level up at all. No. And like, yeah, yeah, and it's like one of the harder boss fights in the game. Yep. Yeah. It's also kind of bugged. Yeah, it is bugged. <laughs> well, but back still, to the, uh, demo. The, the demo. Yeah, back yeah. to back to back to a game that's coming out this year. <laughs> so, so the one funny thing about it is, you know, I I'm used to my version of Shepard because I I customized my Shepard and like I played part of the demo and it didn't feel right because I wasn't playing my Shepard. Yes, I felt the, kind yeah. of the same way. I felt like I don't know. 
like this guy just seems kind of disconnected from my shepherd and and i hope you know obviously i know it's the demo so there were like there there are technical setbacks to like importing everything you know so i hope the original the beginning of the game gives you a few more options than what you're given in the demo because it's like three choices and then it gets going you know and i felt like none of the choices quite worked for me <laughs> well there were all the kind of choices Especially that the ones you would about have died well know, it's the, the, like, the choices you would have made if you had played the previous games that was obviously yeah. like the the yeah I actually would bet that you don't. That that is only for people who have never played the earlier games. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I hope there's some more nuance there than was present right right then and there. But one thing that I that I'm gonna complain about, even though it was small and silly, um, did you play the first section, Jeff? I I played just the part where it's you and uh, what's the name of the admiral? Anderson. Anderson. So it's you and Back Anderson bar. up on the roof, like it's a trap. Yeah. Did you yeah. get to the kid? Yes. Okay. Here was my here was my deal. Um, you you do this thing. You hate kids. You hate children. Yes. Why are you having one? <laughs> Go. Um, <laughs> to make the viewer connect more emotionally with the story. Yes, and that, that's it's kind of bugging me. Like I I love I like the way it started where they kind of fake you out with the Normandy and then it's the kid playing with the spaceship. Um, I thought oh, that was yeah. pretty cool. Um, but then like they have you meet the kid and like they have Shepard meet the kid in the air duct or whatever. Mm. And, and he's like trying to get the kid to like, you know, he's like, come on kid, like come out here. And I, I don't know what, but like, <laughs> I can save you. Yeah. And the kid's like, no, no one could save me. And it is very newt from aliens. And then the kid's gone and Shepard's all sad about it or whatever. And then at the end, spoilers. Um, oh, no, it's the first section of the game. Whatever. Um, in the demo, in the it, public demo. Yeah. At, at the end of the demo, like there, Shepard's getting on the ship, and like he looks, and there's people trying to evacuate, and he looks down and he sees the kid, you know. And there's like a weird moment where they like make eye contact, even though they're really far away from each other, and Shepard's up in the like sky. Um, and then the kid gets in to like evacuate and then like he's leaving and there's sad music and it, it was a really sad moment like the the kid's ship gets blown up um but i thought it would have been a much more you know i don't know i thought the moment would have been better and more subdued if shepherd hadn't met the kid you know oh, if it, it had felt, always just been at the at, like yeah it's like at distance. the beginning and at the end of the audience knows you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you, you don't like, have to beat us over the head with this. Yeah, I feel like it was them trying to give Shepard like a reason to like care, but I'm like, he's had you've had two games with him. You know what I mean? Like of him having reasons to so care about. Devil's Advocate, I think they do still like, even though obviously it's it seemed like they weren't spending too much time getting people who haven't played the other games up to speed, but I'm sure they, they were. They yeah. they do feel like there's there they probably have to throw in stuff for people who never played one and two. Yeah, that's true. These giant robots attacking Earth are bad. And here's <laughs> yeah. something in case you didn't get in that case you didn't from get all the explosions. Yeah, it's just I feel dead kid. I get so annoyed with games sometimes because they uh, very very few of them go like the subtle way. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the helicopter parents. You know what mm. I mean? Like they they really want you to feel something, and then they just go hard at it, and then they talk about it. The developers talk about it like, oh, this is going to be so emotional, you guys. This game is going to be so emotional. Um, it's, it's like everyone's favorite word now. We just want to create an emotional experience. And mostly what that, evol- what that devolves down to is like finding some way to kill civilians in front of you while you can't do anything. Yeah, like, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's, 
so it just it just kind of annoys me. But I thought I was like, man, this, I mean, I thought the I thought it was cool. I, I, they set out what they wanted to do, but I was like, man, that would that could have been a much more cool moment if it was like quieter and they didn't hit you over the head with it, and it was just like. Like Shepard doesn't know, but like the audience knows. Like, man, like real people are dying in this. This is really sad, <laughs> you know. See that, but that's the thing. I feel like it is because of that impulse where they feel like they need to bring in people who haven't played yeah. the the first two. Whereas in maybe in the movies or obviously in TV shows, you feel like they they can play those moments more subtly because they can rely on people being caught yeah. up, or you know, nobody's gonna watch it if they haven't watched the early, earlier ones. But games, I always feel like... I mean, th- this is a rare trilogy where the entire trilogy is on one platform. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, there are there are definitely other series where, like, game one is on, t- th- you know, what, the PlayStation oh, 2. Oh, good call, Jeff. You know? Think like, think think about that. Like, Yeah, that is that, yeah, that is a good call. Because, yeah, most of, most of them are, like, started on the Xbox, ended on the 360. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so Mass Effect on... is, like, the really rare... And, and, and although I do have to say, I feel like... Metal the... Gear Solid spanned three generations. Yep, there you go. So, or four, if you want to count. So, so Mass yeah, Effect, I was going to say five. Well I, was, well, I was thinking Solid, not just Metal Gear. But like okay. Metal Gear Solid was PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3. So you would, think that, you, you would think that uh, because they were all on one gen that they could have like done away with some of that shit. But I guess it's, it's a hard impulse to fight. But I think the one downside of having everything on the same gen is that honestly, when I saw the demo, like the facial animations look really dated. Hmm. I thought the game itself looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty I good. Thought, yeah, I mean, I thought... But not Jim, the, yeah, the facial animations, yeah, I guess. Like, the, they... The like environment, Shepherd, yeah. Shepherd looks kind of lifeless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't remember necessarily feeling that way about 1 and 2, but I feel like it's the same exact engine, you know? So yeah. why would I suddenly change my mind about, like... Obviously, I must have seen some... You know, even if we had a lot of problems with how L.A. Noir played out, I feel like that might have ruined me for facial animations as far as other games go. Yeah, that's a good point. And then I, after, thought it, I thought it looked okay. There were some parts where it was a little weird, but overall I wasn't too... I mean, yeah, maybe I, after I like Uncharted and like yeah. L.A. Noir, like yes. going to Mass Effect 3 is like, oh. Yeah, it, look, it looks like, you know, early gen stuff. It doesn't look like compared to other stuff that came out, you know, last year. Now the lip syncing is fine. I wasn't, yeah, it's the I facial did, animation yeah. that's bad. Not bad, but like dated. Dated, they look kind of like mannequins. It, yeah. it, they're not very expressive. And what's up with Ashley looking all snooky? Yeah, that's kind of weird. They redesigned her like way, like they put like way too much makeup on they her. They redesigned character. Uh, Kaiden too, because I, I picked the Ashley died version, so I got Kaiden. And he looked a little bit more like slightly more male model y or something. I don't know what you would call it, but he looked like he. he cleaned up a little bit nice ashley got a nose job <laughs> ashley got a face job this one her nose is really different i wonder if they're trying to make her look like really different from miranda but i don't know she but she does she, she looks yeah, totally she different looks, yeah. than Miranda. she's always looked totally different than miranda because miranda's based off a real person yeah. so yeah yeah i never thought that i never See, thought i always thought of ashley as like the so. homely like girl like she's she's nice <laughs> like, she's a nice girl like more yeah. like great girl the girl next door kind of you like, bring her home to mom yeah you bring her home to mom and then she starts getting all racist, racist. at dinner <laughs> good old racist ashley yeah 
And then Miranda was the dirty girl. <laughs> like, and, then, and then Jack was like the you don't stick your dick in crazy girl. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch would know from experience. Those Canadian women. No comment. <laughs> Did everyone here do Miranda? No. No. I, much to my chagrin, I stuck with Ashley. I thought my... you were about to say, much to my chagrin, I stuck with Jack. I stuck it in Jack. No, uh, what I, I do, that so, so in, I did uh, Liara earlier on, and then, so, what is it? In... You do Liara or Ashley in one, and then in two, you do Miranda or Jack. Yeah. Or so, Tally. So or in, Tally, yeah. Uh, or if you're a femship, you can do um, Alien Guy. I've forgotten Garris. all their names. Garris. 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 At Kanye West. I did Garris. Nice. Uh, so did I. Nice. <laughs> Mitch is like me too. So I did. I did Liara in the first game, Garrus in the second, and then Liara again in the DLC in, in Shadow Broker. So, damn Jeff, use a space slot. I, I feel like Liara is my my video game girlfriend. So there you go. <laughs> this is a great conversation. I uh, edit that part out. <laughs> Nope. That's that's going at the top. Yeah, we're keeping that. Uh, Liara is my video game girlfriend. (laughs) Banging dudes for (laughs) Well, I mean, think about it. Like, so when three rolls around, you know that there's going to be romance stuff. That's like. So, are you going to be able to do like everybody? You can do. Can you do like Liara? This is an important question. Who can the female Krogan? Spoiler alert, there's a female Krogan in the in the second mission that you do in the demo. Nice, nice. The action-packed mission that raises the stakes. I'm using marketing speak like they do in the demo. I got really annoyed during the demo because you could tell, like, maybe I'm more sensitive to it because I'm, like, a marketing copywriter, you know? But, like, I was like... You're the bad guy. You can, no, you can be sensitive to bad copy. Like, but it was, a, but it was like, it, like, they were like, now you're about to play an action-packed level that raises the stakes. I'm like, really? Ouch. <laughs> I'm like, really, guys? Ouch. Hey. We're taking this thing <laughs> to 11. And then you fight. Cerberus so maybe we should we talk real quick about the multiplayer yeah. aspect? Because we've been talking about the single player for a while. But uh, me and Mitch played the multi without Nick. We made Nick listen to us. <laughs> because we didn't know. Nick. We yeah. made him watch. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because I didn't know that it um, the actual demo for the multiplayer didn't start until tomorrow, but me and since me and Mitch have Battlefield, we were able to Battlefield. Yeah, so you can download the demo and it tells you, sorry, you can't play this part. Yeah. Which is just fucking fantastic, let me tell you. Yeah. But I was kind of like, I was like sour on the multiplayer. Not sour, I was just disinterested in the multiplayer. And then that trailer came out and I was pretty pumped about it. And... Um, we played it. And it was pretty fun. The thing is, it's it does not scale well for like less than I guess probably three or four people because um, me and Mitch played it with just the two of us, and it was hard. Is it a yeah. is it a horde? It's a horde mode, right? Yeah. It's a horde mode with objectives, but not as much not as like objective as I thought it would be. Yeah. Like mostly it's survive. Sometimes you gotta go like stand near a terminal or kill a specific target. It but most seems of it like just... it could get pretty old pretty quickly. Um, hmm. But I'm, it, it's, I'm it hearing really that a lot fun. of people. I'm hearing online that a lot of people are really digging into it. Yeah, that has got mean, some serious legs. Huh. Well, that's so good. How many, I mean, how many waves you level does it up have? and stuff? Does it have like a an endless number of waves, or does it like do fifty like the gears? No, it's like three waves, and the third wave has an objective. Huh. 
And then yeah. does that, that just repeat, or what does it do? And then, well, then the level ends, and you get experience for that level. Because okay. there's different... I'm guessing... Because the whole thing is that it ties in to the campaign. Right, so I'm right, guessing right. whatever every level in the campaign will have a horde mode component. And so it's like you go in and you do a specific mission that then helps out something uh, in the campaign. Okay. So. so the thing is, like, I don't know. All of us are going to have the thing. <laughs> We're all going to be able to play it. And, and it, we don't have to play with fucking 12, 12-year-olds. So I'm, I'm, I think that sounds like fun to me. Yeah, I liked the leveling up aspect. I liked the way it was, you know, because it was handing out experience for every kill, and then you could get new powers and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this seems like it could be pretty fun, but we definitely needed more people because yeah. we were just getting destroyed, and we were on playing on the lowest difficulty setting. And Eddie, you also rolled a soldier who has no powers or discernible effects whatsoever. Yeah, he, I felt useless. Yeah, so I, ro- I rolled a Vanguard, and apparently the way to go is to use Biotics in Mass Effect 3, but Eddie rolled a Soldier, and he was just doing a slow-motion thing, which wasn't affecting anything but himself. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I'm like, how does this even work? Because, yes, yeah, it's, it's the adrenaline shot that slows everything down, but, it, like, on my screen it was working, but I'm like, clearly this doesn't work with network code. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to slow everything down for Mitch, so Mitch wasn't seeing anything. I'm like, is this actually helping anybody? <laughs> And meanwhile, I'm just, like, leaping around the map with my biotic charge, like, doing shockwaves and stuff. Nice. Yeah. I felt like a badass. Nick, how I did mean, you feel listening to us? Did it sound fun? I felt like <laughs> I wanted to fucking play. That's what I felt like. Well, I felt it, like it comes I online was, tomorrow. Whatever. I'm going to be over it tomorrow. I wanted to play. <laughs> well, whatever. No, but, I mean, it sounds fun. I really want to. I really want to get into it, and I... I think it'd be really cool if it had some legs. Like if if this was something that we are playing six months from now. Yeah, if it know. wasn't ju- if it wasn't just attacked on multiplayer right. mode. So you know the yeah. one thing is there will be lots of DLC for three. Like I will be surprised if they don't have as much Probably DLC. Sh- you know, oh, yeah. it, it, like I think we can expect as much as there was for two. I'd be surprised if they did anything different. So uh, three. As long as we should get a shadow broker for three. Yeah, this is true. I would I would be down for that. Um, so we're all going to hang on to the game for a while. So hopefully, yeah. you know, that will also uh, mean that everybody else hangs on to it, and everybody ends up wanting to play Horde, or you know, yeah, that'd be pretty fun. Whatever it's called. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, right now, what's kind of neat is that if you pre-order Mass Effect Three on Origin on PC, you get Battlefield Three for free, which is wild. Hmm. Only problem you have to get Mass Effect three on Origin. This is yeah. all, this is true. I don't. Although I've heard Mass Effect two on PC is gorgeous. Yeah, but I wouldn't be able to import my character. That's, oh yeah, I actually. Re- Although that's actually they really important. Like, to they me. do have like save file things that people can go download. Uh, I remember they did it. Also, for, Jeff doesn't really have a PC like, that. Yeah. That would be worth getting. I don't. PC th- well, so I was actually impressed with how well my Mac Mini plays Assassin's Creed, but. Yeah, I don't think I could pull off like cutting edge games. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I was actually I was able to set Witcher two so that it was playable and still looked good. So, in theory, I can play some games, and I'm not, you know, gonna spaz about uh, it looking as good as possible. But no, I I already pre- I already pre-ordered. You're such a bad PC gamer, Jeff. No man, I'm the worst. <laughs> I don't care about it looking like you know. Good Why do you even HDTV? want to play a game if it doesn't look the best it can look? Oh, I am the worst. Um, I already <laughs> pre-ordered it on, on the 360 anyway. 
Nice. Is everybody getting down 360? Yes. Even even Anthony? I think yep. so. Well, yeah, he uh, yeah, he, he played the first two on 360. Okay, yeah, I mean, I know he has. He will be forced. Yeah, he will be forced. Okay, good. Yeah. Take also, that, Anthony. If, if he doesn't, he'll be left out of the Mass Effect multiplayer fun, and he will be the saddest boy. This, this is true. He'll have to he'll play with cry. the jerks. We'll make him listen. We'll make him listen. Anthony, listen to how much fun we're having. Ah, oh, it's so great. So emotional. <laughs> Eddie is emotioning all over the place. Who's <laughs> cutting up all these onions? Okay, here's the thing that before we move on to the game, we should talk about with Mass Effect 3, that EA is launching the most ridiculous PR stunt ever with Mass Effect 3. Oh, yeah. They are going to launch copies into space. Space. And wherever they crash down, people get to go get them, and then they will have Mass Effect 3. So my instant thought was as, as soon as they announced this, Anytime I've I've heard of a PR campaign like this before, the response has been, "What about all the trash that you're gonna produce with like stuff falling all over the place and balloons, like falling into the ocean or something like that?" You know. Listen, hippie. First of us want to play some Mass Effect Three. Mass Effect Three. We don't care if we had to kill some some fish to get it. <laughs> Damn dolphin fish. We don't need any more of them dolphin fishes. Well, may- maybe the reason so I read about it was that, like, the. You do, like, the, the Louis C.K. thing. I don't look like a monkey. <laughs> no, I think that I remember there was some PR campaign that happened in, like, Seattle or Portland, and they're just asking for trouble. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Fucking granola ass towns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the most ridiculous PR stunts I've ever heard of in my life. I think it's yeah. Awesome. I'm just gonna. I got. I guess I gotta go to Vegas, like the desert around Las Vegas, to find some fucking Mass Effect Three. Wait, is that where they're doing it? Oh well, it yeah, New York, New San York. Francisco, Vegas, Berlin, London, Paris. So the closest to me is Vegas. The closest. It. It's to- okay. Leaving gravity to take over and pull the disc back down to Earth. Like, will they just? Get destroyed land? when they, they just ground? land. Yeah, like no, no, the, no, but they're, they're so they're they're light. They're, they're not gonna break. I mean, that's like think about it. Like, there's that not that much weight in those cases. They're not gonna break when they fall. Listen, Jeff. Have no, you but ever they're gonna dropped? be falling at an incredible rate, even if no, they're it's, light. they're not just they're not just gonna attach a balloon to a Mass Effect three case and float into space. They're gonna put a case inside of a thing that's gonna hold it. The first balloon's gonna go up. It's gonna pop. Then it's gonna fall back down to Earth. And then once it reaches a certain point, it, another that, thing's like, gonna kill deploy. Somebody? <laughs> no, another also thing, science. Another thing, another thing Wait, is are you saying this is a case inside of a case? Yeah, is this like caseception? Case <laughs> yeah, the outer case is gonna have like a parachute or something that releases a certain time after the first balloon pops. So it doesn't just fall and like How hit someone's head. How are you getting that from this small article? <laughs> because obviously they don't want to have like massive. What if they kill somebody and kill people? <laughs> it'll be then, it'll be like the game. Like everyone will yeah, open. It'll everyone... be these fiery discs, <laughs> <laughs> like showering down. It I would just... be the ultimate PR stunt if your game killed people. Like you know, people would buy it just because your game killed. No, people. I just got this mental image of a picture of a guy with like a, a Mass Effect three disc like embedded in his skull because <laughs> it fell from the sky at like 100 miles an hour yeah it's like once i feel like once the mass effect 3 discs hit terminal velocity then everyone's just in trouble <laughs> they, nope. call, they call that shit terminal for a reason it achieves relativistic <laughs> speeds and impacts with the force of a thousand tons of dnt <laughs> science it, it won't ever get past terminal velocity 
I bet you $100 it will hit relativistic speeds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take that bet. <laughs> We're physically in, unable to shake, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, man. Nerds. Okay, time for the game. Game. Game time. This week, we are going to play Buy or Sell. Buy or Sell, coming to you live from RKO Studios in Los Angeles. Which is why we like to play by ourselves. That's why Mitch likes to play by ourselves. It's like we all we all like it because we all like a little, little old timey like. Now the boys are back from the war. Now they want to buy or sell things. Uh, the first topic comes to us from Gamasutra, and it is about Team Ninja. And uh, Team Ninja talks about how that we've always had the sex factor in the game. In the past, the female characters had to have big breasts and they had to be scanty dressed. They had to have scanty dress. Is that a... Okay. Sure. Scantily <laughs> yeah, roll dressed. With it. Roll scanty with it. Dress. In DOA, dress women. <laughs> in DOA 5 especially, we're trying to focus on the real women that surround us. The voice of the female. The mannerisms. We are being realistic about it. So, my question to you gentlemen, gentle gents, Eddie Rivas, we're going to start with you. Buy or sell that Team Ninja wants to make more realistic games? Buy. Jeff. Sell. Mitch. Sell. Eddie, you're the only one that believes. Why do you believe? I don't know. I, I, I just going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. Like, they've tried their other thing, and kind of from what I was getting from reading the article is that they've kind of had an influx of new talent and a lot of it was just kind of like old people and like old ideas and they just want to try out some new things. So I'm going to take them at their word. Like a friend. <laughs> Jeff, Mitch, why is it bullshit? So I call bullshit on this because it seems like he's really um, laying it on kind of thick. I think I could see them like toning down some of the ridiculous oversex characters, but I don't think he's going to even come close to portraying like real women at all, you know, that doesn't sound even like even close to possible compared to what they do right now. Like I'm trying to picture like, all right, imagine two soccer moms just like having a conversation and that's the new dead or alive. <laughs> just like, God, I hate work today. Uh, yeah. That's not going to happen. Why are you all awesome. quiet? I just feel like objectify, uh, not objectifying women in video games is never not going to happen to some degree. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I totally. That's what I was, I was going for. That it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. mean, even if they claim that they're trying to be more realistic, they're still going to throw in some some knockers and you know some suggestive shots. I'm trying to think of. Can you think of any game with a female character that doesn't objectify her in some way? I I honestly can't think of any off the top of my head. Mm. Ashley in Resident Evil Four. <laughs> Only because she's annoying as fuck. <laughs> and also like 12. <laughs> That's a whole other kind of Japanese game. Yeah, you don't play video games to see real women. Dude, I can go outside if I want to see real women. Sell. So. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Jeff did say that Liara was his video game girlfriend, so... Jeff loves the titties. News at 11. <laughs> <laughs> I like okay, that. He, actually, I like that he said knockers, though. I feel like that's <laughs> underused. <laughs> so I, I actually feel like uh, 
Mass Effect is a decent example, although those characters are still very sexualized. They okay, I was about to say. Um, they come have you seen Samara? She pretty much wears her shirt open. Samara is ridiculous, but I'm saying, like, compare, like, okay, Femshep is at least. Miranda? Like, Miranda is a little bit more, re- like, reasonable. They're not realistic, but they're not, like, nothing but sex, at least. But it's like, there's very few games. Yeah, that- Miranda makes you talk to her, like, twice before and also so. all that is from a down angle so you can see her perfectly formed ass <laughs> there is that no i agree i'm trolling but yeah i see what you're saying i mean it's still not a good example like it's sort of like the best example of a bad like field <laughs> you know like that, that's that... the one <laughs> sorry okay. nick just sent a picture of miranda's ass to everyone fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> i'm just that trying to ass. make a point that mass. Okay, so so Miranda's ass is is ever present. I think I was remembering more the conversations that seemed a little bit more the characterization is is makes up for it a little bit in Mass Effect. Like I think that yeah, sort she, of balance. Well, she also she also somewhat resents her genetically modified appearance because right, she is yeah, like she's, she's, I'm oh. so perfect. <laughs> no, but it's an inter- it is kind of an interesting approach to be like all right, sort of commenting on the fact that she is designed to be the perfect woman. That, that's it's an interesting way to approach it. It's still like no, I, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. I think that it is kind of interesting the way they handle it. Yes, but it, but I still think it's a, a the best example of like the worst possible thing. You yeah, know? like there's no actual good examples. Next Sell. topic. <laughs> Bye. Sell. <laughs> We're gonna start with Jeff here. Uh, there was a story that came out. Uh, I have it on computer and video games. The source is game industry, gamesindustry.biz. <clears throat> um, let's see who it is. Tim Sweeney of Epic Games says that there are too many platforms. Consumers have too many choices with tablets, PCs, smartphones, Macs, consoles, handhelds, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> the gaming platforms are too damn high. And uh, he's saying we're seeing now that iPad sales have surpassed sales of PCs and et cetera, et cetera. He's saying over time, platforms will be whittled down to a competing set of platforms and that we should expect a lot of consolidation here and winners and losers according to who picks the right directions and executes successfully. So the question to Jeff is buy or sell that... Uh, there are too many platforms and that there will be consolidation. Buy. Mitch. Buy. Eddie. Sell. Eddie, you can't just say the opposite of I'm the not. other suits that I go to you first. No. Um, but do you want to go to me first? Only if you got something good. He's just going to troll the rest of us, so he might as well no, let him not. go first. I, I never troll. <laughs> you trolled Jeff that entire last topic. I don't even know what you... I don't even remember that topic. Connor, <laughs> the evidence will be numerous and irrefutable. Go, go Eddie. Okay. I am selling because I think, while I agree with the spirit of what he's saying, I don't think that... I think that... Sony, Microsoft, and and Nintendo have so much invested in what they're doing. I, I can't see any of them backing out of what they're doing. And you have people that are like rabid fanboys that are going to stick around no matter what 
even if you start seeing more scaled down consoles, they don't want to lose that business. And so I don't, I don't, I can't see them selling on their own consoles. Jeff. Okay, so I think consolidation is kind of the wrong word. I don't think they're going to join forces necessarily, but... I wish they would consolidate. I think it would be awesome, but I, I have to go back to the example of Sega, who used to be a major player, but seriously misstepped. I think it is totally possible. It's a high-stakes game, especially with all the, the you know motion control stuff and all the weird shit we're hearing about you know future features. I would not be surprised if one of the big players makes a serious misstep and ends up writing themselves out of the whole system. And also, I just saw something on Twitter from uh, Daring Fireball saying that Apple sold more iOS devices in 2011 than all the Macs it sold in 28 years. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Really? Yes. Holy crap. That changes everything. Yeah. Mother of God. I mean, I do see that. I do see everything Apple's doing is like a, a strong. Like I, I saw, like, so, like because there was the whole Mountain Lion thing that came out today, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know it was a gaming platform of some kind. Well, um, it's just the next version of OS X, and it basically, so to give you some background on Mountain. Well, Lion, I mean, there's, but there's got a big gaming platform component to it, right? Well, yeah. So what they're they're they talked about is that they want to bring sort of a parity between the features in iOS and OS X without making them the same platform. So they're not taking the same approach that Windows is taking where Metro is your yeah. operating system and it's on everything. What they want to do is if there's an, if there's an app on iOS, like uh, Game Center, then it should also be on, on the Mac. And there should be like a Mac implementation of it. Just kind of like how if there's, you know iPad and iPhone apps, the universal apps are actually pretty different when you open them up on, on the two different platforms. They're, they're designed for the system. So I think it's kind of, they, they want to treat it the same way where the, the Mac has its own implementation that makes sense in, in a Mac sense. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like what Mountain Lion is bringing to the, the table is that they're going to start pulling in some of, and, and gaming on iOS has been such a big fucking deal after Mac gaming being a joke for so long. You know, like for iOS gaming to be such a huge deal, I'd love to see some of that get sort of the halo effect to start pulling more over to the Mac. And I think, you know, Steam was a good step towards that, but this is another good step. What were we going to say, Eddie? No, no, I think we should let Mitch talk. All right. Nope, I got nothing. Oh, come on, Mitch. (laughs) Well, I was going to bring up Sega, and then Jeff brought up Sega, so (laughs) it's cool. Nope. Oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier about Mountain Lion. I actually didn't remember what you... I was like, what are you talking about? I wasn't going to say anything. Um, <laughs> no, it was like someone I know commented about the Mountain Lion thing. It was kind of an older guy on Facebook, and he was like... He was like basically commenting about, like, was anyone asking for this, or did anyone need, like, a gaming whatever? And I kind of wanted to comment and be like, uh... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Apple's building a pretty viable, like, gaming center the, you know so what I mean? the, like, the thing that i really keyed into is that it will allow for cross cross-platform play yeah that was interesting like and I, I it wasn't from like an apple site it was from one of the reporters but i like that idea of being able to you know have game center friends on the mac and see what they're doing on an ipad and then sort of eventually being able to implement implement stuff where you can play a game with your friends to, like interdependent of platform that would be pretty cool yeah. That would be very cool. 
like a co-op Infinity Blade on the Mac and the Dude, iPhone. I would be down. <laughs> that would be awesome. They're pretty cool. I mean, Infinity Blade is very much like very touch centric, so the play style for the Mac would be completely different. But even still, I mean, I guess if you have a trackpad, it could be similar. Mm-hmm. Which but, is what they're pushing everyone to have. So. Yeah, I mean that's true. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I have a Mighty Mouse or whatever it's called the. Magic Mouse. The Magic Mouse. That's the one. I, I have, have that. It has a it has a trackpad essentially. It is a trackpad. Oh right, yeah. It has a lot of different motion stuff, and a lot of a lot of touch controls. Speaking of touch controls, oh, we're gonna, next we're topic. On to the next topic. Dun, dun, dun. That the uh, let's see. This is also from computer and video game. I don't see if it's from anywhere else. Oh, uh, X Xbox World Magazine. Hmm. They sound like a reliable source. That <laughs> Sounds the, legit. Uh, that the Xbox 720, I can't do big enough air quotes, has <laughs> Wii U touchscreen controller. So what it says is that the controller will be a HD touchscreen surrounded by traditional 360 buttons and sticks. <laughs> this controller uh, is just surrounded by a bunch of buttons <laughs> cut and together that, in a confusing fashion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that uh, it's not going to be like the Wii U's like, iPad, basically, but it's going to be more like a, a PS Vita. So, we're going to go to Mr. Harker first. Mr. Harker. Buy or sell that the Xbox 720 will actually have a Wii U-like touch-sensitive or PS Vita controller. Sell? Eddie. Bye. Jeff. Buy, but I want to say head desk. <laughs> Go, Jeff. Okay, first off, that headline is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, it's literally, like, made-up system name will have component of other system. That's ridiculous. I don't know who these engineers are that think we want giant, unwieldy controllers that have their own screen. I don't know who these idiots are. They're probably the same people that think that we want five-inch phones in our pockets. Yes. God. Because bigger is better, right? It's always mm -hmm. better. Um, uh, sarcasm. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the Wii U controller sounds absolutely idiotic in the first place. So I don't know why Microsoft thinks that they should glom onto that whole thing. I, I mean, if you want to make an iPad, make a fucking tablet. Don't try and, you know, tack it onto your console. Also, like every controller would cost like a hojillion dollars. Exactly. Like, how yeah. is this ever going to be affordable for well, anyone? Especially for like land play for like you know like Halo, like you know when Halo Five inevitably comes out like, right. on the next you know. I mean, it, so the thing about especially about iPads is that, <laughs> you know, people always sort of used to harp on Apple's pricing, but the interesting thing is that nobody can match pricing and specs on on the iPad or on the MacBook Air. Like every other company that has tried to make a tablet has had to compromise on specs to release at a lower price point. 
like if you actually get something that can do as much as an iPad, it's expensive for a reason. So if they're going to make them affordable, they're going to be shitty tablets. Why is anybody going to want that? Yeah. See, I I bought it because like th- this rumor has been going around. Like all the rumors that have been going around about the next Xbox have some kind of touchscreen like component attached to it. So I'm starting to feel like you know what I mean. It's one of those things where it's like it's happening so much where it's like there's got to be at least some small grain of truth to it. Touches you know? the new motion. Yeah, you know, and like, and I could see Microsoft trying to incorporate. They've got the Connect, and I could see them trying to incorporate, trying to bridge something between controllers and Connect. How how the fuck do you get to control you know? a game when you've got a touch screen and buttons yeah. and Connect? How is that yeah. going to work? Yeah, I don't even know. But every I could game see has them like three different it. control methods. I don't even yeah. remember what I said. Did I say buy? I think I said buy because I think yeah, you said buy because you think it'll happen. I think it'll happen, but I think it's fucking idiotic. Yeah. Yeah. So Mitch, stupid. you don't think it will? I don't think it'll have what they're describing, but it'll have something stupid that nobody really wants, but everyone thinks we do. <laughs> I love that. The question should have been buy or sell that the Xbox 720 will be stupid. <laughs> Everyone could just buy that. So yeah, if the Xbox Six Seven Twenty has this like ridiculous controller and the use game thing, it's just like, who wants like yeah. <laughs> they're gonna sell it to the one Why guy? Why did you think I wanted that system? <laughs> and connect, it'll they'll all have connect. Yeah, too. so they'll sell it to like the three people who are stupid enough to buy that. Yeah, it just sounds like it sounds like it's shaping up to be like the worst console in the history of consoles. So my question is like, if if. If they're not going to announce anything, quote unquote, new at quote E3, they're not going to announce a new Xbox. They're not going to announce a new PlayStation. They're not. They've already got Connect. They've already got uh, fucking motion. Yeah, what are they going to talk about this year? What the fuck are they going to talk about? So what? there's going to be another Halo, guys. Uh... Halo Four. <laughs> it's going to be the worst thing ever unless they just talk about Connect for the third year in a row. Maybe or, they'll show some more of that awesome Star Wars game for Connect. <laughs> that is totally awesome and not terrible. Yeah, they could. They could. They could show the galactic dance mode. That's a real thing. I'm not making that up. Want. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, I guess we should wrap up this podcast. Wait, we got to do our thing. That's the end uh, of the game? No, I'd say that. Ugh. That's I the end of the game. Well, guys, I think that's the end of the game. And the end of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined it. I ruined the podcast. So it is the end of the podcast because I ruined the podcast. And the end of Eddie's life. Yeah. So anyway, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, we're twitter.com slash gamersushi. On twitter.com slash Eddie Revis, you should rate and review the podcast. I think I'm kind of slurring a little bit right now. You are definitely Uh-oh. slurring a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Twitter.com slash MI7CH. Get them all in. Get them all in. <laughs> I'm Twitter.com slash Oh, you were talking over my t- They're not going to follow me on Twitter because you were talking over me. They're not going to follow you on is Twitter anyway. They're not going to follow why, Jeff? <laughs> they don't follow any of us on Twitter. I have had not had an increase in Twitter followers. Let me hold on to my denial. Don't don't break the, what is it, the the crystal unicorn. What? What? Huh, that's interesting. I'm twitter.com slash Nick Camardo, and thank you for all following me. (laughs) Um, And thanks for listening to the podcast. I have this imaginary crystal unicorn that, you know, 
It's very delicate. Shut up, Jeff! <laughs> Penis. No, but listen to this fucking description of Alan Wake. Listen to how fucking PC this shit is. Ready? Thanks to Nordic Games, which picked up which picked up the PC's games publishing rights, its stunning Pacific Northwest landscapes will be lusher than ever, with the graphics cranked up to the max now that has been unleashed <laughs> on the PC fleet. Strengths of consoles. It may not be all new, but the PC Alan Wake oozes quality. Wow. Wow. That feels like it was written by a PC gamer in 2005. Yeah. Getting, getting, high, getting high on their own supply. 